It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. A new book called The Game, written by uh, Ty Coakley, who joins me now. Ty, good morning to you. Hi, PJ. Thanks for having me on your show. Delighted to have you, Ty. And um, you've been into sports since you were a small boy in short pants. I was something of a, of a late developer in it. But, like, the fascination that we have as a, as a nation of people with sport. You can travel the world, and I don't think there's a more sports-obsessed nation than the Irish. Would you agree with me? I agree absolutely and I think it's because we love company, we love being connected to other people, we're very sociable, the Irish people and sport is a great way of connecting people, being part of a group, being part of a tribe if you like, I was at a hurling match last Sunday week now and there were 27,000 people there in Turles and we love being part of a group like that and especially when we have great, you know, people like Katie Taylor, yeah. Kelly Harrington uh, uh, representing our country, we we love getting behind them and we feel a very sense of togetherness when we do that. It brings us joy on the toughest day. So the, you know, the economy could be in free fall. We were in all sorts of problems in the world. <clears throat> but a good hurling match on a summer's day, it's all gone for that couple of hours. It is absolutely, you know, and, and we need it, especially after the last two years, for example, and now things that are happening in Ukraine and so on. Because when the game starts, you know, two things happen to us. Before the game, we could be a broadcaster, a writer, a nurse, a guard or whatever. But when the game starts, we are a fan. And we only are a fan and we're part of a collective. We become homogenous, a part of a group, and we change our identity and all the kind of troubles of our lives disappear for that period. And then the second transformation happens, which is more interesting in a way. We actually become the players in the game. If you ever watch someone like watching a game or you yourself and every header, every shot, you know, we take, we, we, we get right into the game. It's amazing. And when you're watching, you mentioned tennis, like when we're watching a great tennis match with Roger Federer or Naomi Osaki, it's a great feeling. You know, we've talent, we're young, we're rich, we're famous, and we become those players. And we do this through empathy and imagination. And the reason we can do it is we've been doing it since we're children. There you bring the, the children's thing in. And I remember the tennis, just particularly, like every year Wimbledon would come on and 
the great late great Jim Sherwin was the commentator and all we had that day was That's a few right. highlights in RTE but you'd find a bit of rope and you'd tie it across the garden and you'd you'd rob a yes. you'd rob a bed sheet and you'd made a tennis court in the garden and and for That's right. for, and for, for a week we had a, and then the Dublin horse show we'd robbed all of the all of the the, 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 the sweeping brushes and shovels and we made fences and we were horses we were, and we were Eddie Mackin and right. John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg. We, we lived their lives uh, right. doing that, and it's great for children to do that because it develops their imagination. And when they get to, you know, play in teams and so on, they learn networking, they learn social skills, they learn the uh, importance of focusing, discipline, hard work, and uh, we, we love uh, yeah. and we love we're doing it too. It's great fun as well, well at the same time. You did you did the one thing I never did. Um, well, I played ten pin bowling competitively for a very short period of time, but I never played something like hurling a football. Uh, you played. You 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 have not earned minor medals, so you've done it as player, fan, and spectator. So, Tyke, it it is just a game. Why is it so important to us? I, 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 well, you know, sports is full of contradictions. Like, at some level, we know it's only a game. But at the same time, uh, because we've been doing it since children, and I think when we do that, and when you were doing that about Wimbledon and the horse show, a switch was flicked inside you that meant that sport was going to be part of your life for the rest of your life, really. Mm. And I didn't recognize it at the yeah, time, and, I guess. I know. And, you know, I played a lot of sport. I played mostly hurling and soccer in my hometown of Mallow. And I really enjoyed it. I loved playing with my friends. And um, and then I knew when I became a writer that I was going to write about sport as well. And my first book, The First Sunday in September, was a novel which revolves around a fictional Ireland hurling, hurling match. And uh, I knew when that came out that I was kind of hiding behind the characters in the book, if you like, which novelists, novelists do. And I knew I had to write about my own experiences. Now, I, like most sports books are, you know, fellas who played for Manchester United or rugby for Ireland. I didn't play at the very, very top level. So the book is a little bit different than that. No, I did play minor hurling for Cork, but I mostly was a club player. So it's a kind of an everyman book in a way. And so, but it's a bit different. And the other thing that's a bit different about the book is that um, it's in the form of essays. The yes. book is 18 essays. Which makes and it I a very readable that. book because you can pick one up, read it, put the book away and come back to it, which is what I've done. I've put most of the book away for, for my holidays. But it's one type as which it's not all about glory and happy and uh, you, you do look at the dark side of sport. And you write I do. without you you write without fear about the dark side of sport. Yeah, you have to call it out really because sport is so important to us, you know. There is a dark side to sport. There's four essays there in the middle of the book about uh, you know, how people misbehave at sport. Like I mean there'll be children's games last weekend and next weekend and you'll have some Egypt standing on the sideline abusing the referee, right. shouting and roaring at the other players and maybe and some of them, they're giving out to their own children about, you know, making mistakes and so on. So we have to, even though we we feel great emotion in sport, we have to moderate our emotion and we have to be careful how we behave. And I call out myself in, in a match in the Munster final of some years ago. 
I was shouting and roaring and I, there was a child beside me and the child got a bit afraid. I could see it happening and the father switched places with the child and they went away at half time and I was ashamed afterwards. Yeah, so you I'm didn't very mean any harm, but you'd upset the child. I did, I did, I did, exactly, yeah. And then you have kind of things like, you know, the world, the soccer World Cup is on in Qatar this this winter, you know, and the fact that it's in the winter is, is, is a joke in itself. And, you know, Qatar is a country with a very bad human rights record and they spent $200 billion developing the infrastructure for the World Cup and 4,000 migrant workers have died in the building of those uh, stadiums. Like, we can't stand over that. We have to call it out. And the last uh, World Cup was in Russia. And, of course, Russia wanted it because they wanted to kind of sports wash, make it make, make itself look better. And I'm, I'm sorry, no, I watched that World Cup and I won't be watching the World Cup in Qatar this year. And it'll be the first World Cup since 1970, 80 World Cups I've watched, but I won't be watching this one because, you know, it's not right. Yeah, and you do call all that out in the book. You also talk about women's sport and how we don't maybe appreciate it enough, although I would say, coming back to the tennis, I now think that women's tennis is a superior game by far to watch. I agree, I agree because they, 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 you know it's not all about power and aggression there's a lot of subtlety in the women and it, it, it's great and of course women don't get you know in fairness in tennis in Wimbledon they get the same money now right. as, as as the men but that's a very, very exceptional really and women have to you know go through all sorts of hoops to play sport to get attention, sponsorship yeah. all those things that men don't have to worry about so yeah. we need to support women as especially teenage girls and so on. So many of them are dropping out. So many of them dropping out. They are, exactly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's a real pity because, you know, some of them love it. And, you know, it's very good. They've done a lot of studies on women's sport. When girls keep playing sport, they have a great self-body image. You know, they go on to do very well in school and college and so on as well. Yeah, you know, it's it. That's again. There are many, many different angles to the to, to the book, and that's why, as as a set of essays, it worked. I wanted to ask you something, um, Craig. I don't know if you've been asked this in the interviews you're doing for the book. Do you have yourself? Because I'll throw it out there and see what listeners would say. Do you have yourself a, a sporting moment that you would give everything up to watch again? Oh, well, <laughs> live at the time, I have to think about Diego Maradona. And his goal against England in in 1986, it was the most, and you know, and and not long before it, he handled the ball into the goal. He cheated and and scored a goal, and then he got the ball, and he beat one player, two player, three player, four player, five player. This was the Jimmy McGee different class goal. It it was it was actually yeah and I remember exactly exactly where I, I, I was watching it I was in a, living in a flat in John Street in Cork at the time and I'll never forget it it's absolutely electrifying and you know I haven't thought about that now for a long time uh, PJ so thanks thanks for bringing that memory back to me now well, I'll give you mine um, I was in the stands yeah go on I, I was I was I was working I was the, doing tech for the commentary team mm-hmm. here at ninety six FM at the miracle match. Monster against Gloucester. Oh, yeah. And at at the final whistle, grown men cried. And I was one of them. 
I know, I know. And isn't that amazing? And you know what happens, I think? Uh, there's a famous photo of a, a, a Limerick man when Limerick won the All-Ireland in 2018 and he just burst into yes. tears. Exactly what you did now at that Munster Gloucester game. And he's two children with him. His two children, they're maybe eight or ten or something. And he said afterwards, it was the first time they ever saw him cry. Yeah. And I believe that we can't contain that emotion because, and I'd say he was thinking probably of his own father or mother who weren't around anymore, who couldn't share that with him. You know, all the kind of grief and sadness and everything pours out of us in those moments. And the great thing is that, you know, you cried that day and a lot of adults cried but children cry when they lose but adults cry when they win because children yes. don't have that grief they don't have that loss that they have to purge you know and thank god they don't well i'm going to compliment you in a way i don't know if you're expecting this now but as i said i'm, I'm holding most of this book for my holidays but the ones i've read remind me of the great con Hulen. i'll give you that one to start oh, with. thanks oh god god yeah. pj yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And also, when is Tim Collins back? Not then you're away with that one. He's back. He, no, he's back early next year. I just finished the the sequel of that, and he's heading back down to West Cork, where Excellent. he came from originally. So fantastic. Uh, next spring, uh, uh, that'll be out. Uh, for, for listeners, Tim just, Collins is the subject of a, a fabulous book called "Whatever It Takes." Is a, a guard, and it's based in Cork, and it's it's super super crime novel. You've another one out next year. This is a lovely, lovely book, and I hope it'll find its way into many, many suitcases. Thank, thanks very much, PJ. And just to mention, it, the book is being launched in Waterstones uh, this Thursday oh. by Denny Denton at oh, half six. Denny so was on here a few weeks ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, every time I listen to you since, I think of his book, uh, All Along the Echo, <laughs> well, for obvious reasons. And there's another event on Wednesday this week in the City Library at half six. I'll be sitting down with Catherine Kerwin, the yes. great uh, crime writer, and we'll be talking about our favourite crime novels. So, again, that's at half six that, in the City Library. That could Everyone be, that could be a long conversation. Tyg, thank you very much. Tyg Coakley, author of The Game. Quartz 96 FM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.